1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: In goes Stewart!
1: They've only got to done it! And with a
3: quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's
4: Lindegaard making Forrest pedal.
3: Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's standing him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Manner, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead.
0: Stansfield, good turn away from
1: Toronto. Goal.
2: Hello, and welcome to. The 197th episode of the Glover's cast, three away from the big 200. Will we make it? Who knows? Maybe we've already recorded it. Um, here tonight and today and tomorrow and whenever you're listening to this to talk about Town is David Coach. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Am I allowed to do that? That feels a bit, feels a bit Ben, doesn't it?
5: It is a bit Ben. I think that is definitely Ben, but it's um, it's nice for him to be here in spirit. Because
2: he can't be here in person. But he will be here later with will be, an yeah. interview with a South End reporter. And stepping in for Ben is the more than able replacement, Mr Marcus Duncan. Hello,
4: hello. Good to be back.
2: Welcome back. Well, it's been disappointing not to hear you at any away games this season, but I understand your career is getting in the <laughs> way of other things.
4: I <laughs> know, no stupid career. But maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the bad luck job. Maybe if I stop going again, we'll... Uh... A vein of a form, but well, I mean, one, I game,
5: one game, one <laughs> game I know you did go to was Wheelstone and I also edited <laughs> that. So I'm, I'm gonna, gonna try and cross that theory straight away. So. Yeah, I mean that was
4: certainly not a, a good luck of form. That was an awful game. Both experiences of going to Wheelstone actually last season, one of the worst games I've seen us play in this season. That was just a ridiculous game. Yeah. But, um one of many this season.
2: I understand. <laughs> At this spin. stage, we need to try something different anyway, don't we? So <laughs> yeah. Maybe you being on here will be the good luck charm. Yeah. That we <laughs> need. You've, you've again, worked wait. your socks off to get here and, you know, you're in. <laughs> Without a doubt, yeah. I'm chomping at the bit <laughs> to get on this pod. <laughs> um, where should we start this week? I suppose the big headline news was uh, Stuart Robbins appearing on Three Valleys Radio to give his favourite song choices. Um, absolutely it was uh Phil Collins groovy kind
5: of love was the first was first up and I kind of took that against him straight away I mean I'm a child of the <laughs> 80s but Phil Collins was never quite my cup of tea there I think but and what were the others oh you listened Dave or did you mm, I did listen and I and I, I started to write these down there were a couple of people Is there someone called Lady A haven't no heard idea. that <laughs> No, there are a few. There are a few eclectic ones. David Bowie was on there. Space Oddity. That was on there. That's a good that one. That was yeah. That was a good one. Um, probably the only one I remember. I kind of I kind of took against it after Groovy Kind of Love. So um,
2: he started yeah. that as well. He did. Yeah. Difficult yeah. Difficult to bring it back then, isn't it? It it's is. It's a bit it like is. crashing the pound. Your first week is chance. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah. Here we go. That's a topical one for the for the listeners. Absolutely, um, they love a good fiscal crisis, on there, don't they? We <laughs> we're used to them now. Yeah. Um. Maybe Quasi can sell the land around number eleven, um, to sort things out. Uh So I guess the big stuff that came out of that was, um, the the notes about Scott saving the club. With the deal to ssdc and that without that there wouldn't be a club anymore um and the fact that you know stuart was led to believe there was no money on the table from similar sports and yeah and also his pal dave introduced him to scott uh, yeah. so no um, i have did not you you two have had conversations <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah, come on, well, Scott Priest. has never spoken to me before. No, so but you and you and Stuart. He's, much as you know. we've we've tried. Well, I mean, I'm going to call this one because he did say that they lived in the same village between Luton and Milton Keynes. Now, I may have driven somewhere between Luton and Milton Keynes, but I've never <laughs> lived there. That's for sure. So, um, no, I'm going to I'm going to claim this is a different Dave. And given that Dave is quite possibly the most common name in in Britain, maybe after Ian. But uh, only mentioned after uh, sort of uh, terrible weather conditions, aren't you Ian, these days? Well wow, so.
2: these days. yeah, <laughs> apparently so. yeah,
5: tearing up Florida but but yes, no I can I can confirm that despite rumors that uh, I sound a bit like Scott Prinell,
2: it was uh, nothing to do with me.: so you you actually listened to it. What did you make of the, uh, the point Stuart made Because I know there's been a bit of noise on. Social media, yeah, as, as per
5: uh, well, I mean, you have to get through the first 45 minutes of talking about how we... <laughs> kind of a bit of what he, he spoke to when he was with us, but he did it for 45 minutes, which um, uh, was all about his kind of upbringing and uh, how he supported the club before my day, so it's good to uh, good to hear that, but yeah, then he, he got into the conversation. Um, I mean, initially it was with regards to how we got involved, how we got introduced to Scott. And then I think the question was asked to him by A.D. Uh, Hopper from Three Valleys Radio about did he ever think that he was going to go in business with someone other than Scott? Because, as he said, this Jenkins fella was around. So this Jenkins fellow being Julian Jenkins, obviously he was uh, fronting up the Simul Sports um, consortium. And I mean, the quotes are all on the website, but Stuart basically said that um, there was, that he was led to believe that the money was never on the table from Simul Sports, that um, he was the only one who was willing to write a check. uh, And therefore he was uh, the, the, the only, only show in town, really. Um, I mean, I have nothing solid to back up anything more. I've uh, I've I've could say that I've got it on good authority that uh, Simul sports did have some uh, cash in the bank and some some money to put there. I mean, the question I would ask is if they had no money and that was that obvious, why did that drag on for such a long time? Why would, uh, you know, Scott Priestnell, who, for whatever you say about him, is a pretty canny businessman, isn't he? He's, uh, he's, he certainly um, seems to be be doing okay for himself anyway. He, um, I don't think he would have wasted his time hanging around. And when you listen to what he said um Five months ago when he or just over five months ago now when he addressed a a, a group of supporters in the Alex Dock lounge he was saying that he thought he wasn't going to be the owner of the football club any longer now unless he um was very trusting of the people he was there I can't believe that at no point during that conversation did he believe that there was there was absolutely no chance of these people stumping up the money so don't know Stewart's obviously got it from somewhere probably guess where he's got it from because uh, Scott had said the same thing that he didn't they he he said that they didn't have any money and we have not really got anything to argue uh, because we haven't got similar sports here to say um what, what what they think about it uh if they do i mean similar sports don't exist anymore is it as a company i think they dissolved didn't they didn't we
4: yeah. see that on it was just it's just been a bizarre whole situation from just hearing nothing uh, over sort of a 12-month period and then having strange, teasing tweets Mm -hmm. from Julian Jack. It wasn't he taking photos of, like, Somerset from the other side of the (laughs) Bristol Channel and then a photo in Tamburino. And then once it all came out, it was collapsed. I mean, the line has always been from Yeovil that that there wasn't any money on the table. But then we saw that, uh, was it the Canvas CFO... Came yeah. out Damian
5: Singh, wasn't it? Yeah.
4: Owns one of the most expensive properties in London. And came out saying we were very much into I mean, surely he he had money on the table, someone like that. It's a yeah. Um it, I mean I was gonna say it's glad glad it's all over, but it was <laughs> it was a strange old time. It started, was it just after the Stevenage
5: game and then it's um mm. yeah. yeah carried on and on from there yeah Ian uh does your NDA with the Glovers Trust still is that still running <laughs> is it or
2: don't know really it was no. quite a journey <laughs> the last 12 months yeah. um I I don't know I don't know what I could add to what's already been said particularly um I, I mean, think could, I, could, could, could I we... was led to believe that the opposite is true so yeah. so you were led to believe there
5: was money on the table so there you go. It's, 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 it's one footballing titan against another Yobeltown titan, isn't it? So <laughs> you head to head with Stuart Robbins. Yeah. Titan. Titan. Not sure about that. No. So I mean, that one is that one, unless um, uh, you know similar sports or whoever come forward and say, "Here's the here's the bank account. There's there's the money in it." We'll probably never know the truth to um uh, to, to to that one. And then there was a statement about selling the club being what saved us from um, financial ruin, by the sounds of it. Now, I don't know. um, And knowing that Marcus now works for a broadcaster that covers the National League, so we've got quite a good insight into the different clubs in there. Is there another club in the National League that's had to sell so much to survive uh, COVID-19?
4: And that's exactly what I was going to say. If that if that's the case, why hasn't every club had to do it? I mean, you've actually had clubs doing the opposite and since kind of actually buying their stadium after. I think, I mean, obviously, Wrexham's a bit of a, a yeah. rare example. But, yeah, to, to be the only one off the top of my head that's had to go to such extreme lengths, I mean, doesn't show that we coped with that period particularly uh, intelligently or greatly.
1: No.
2: Perhaps not all other owners had a bridging loan that needed paying off within a short amount of time that exactly. they used to purchase a football club.
5: Exactly. So I read, uh, and I can't remember who it was, but someone summed it up quite nicely saying uh, how it was claimed that this was the only um, was the only thing that was keeping our heads above water, this sail to the, to the ground. Why were we in the lake in the first place? Yeah. Whether we stood with our necks up to the water in the in 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 the first place, and everybody else is eh, you may maybe dabbling their feet in. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm trying to take this
2: water analogy too far now. i Um I? but,
5: um, but yeah,
2: we, we had treading water last week, and now we're yeah, now, <laughs> now we're, now up, we're to our, our up to our necks in it.
5: Yeah, I mean, I've been. I think we've all been quite clear along that none of us feel comfortable with the idea of selling the only asset that any sporting team has, which is the land on which your your the stadium is built and everything uh, everything around you. Uh, and I still don't think it's a good idea to do it. Um, and I think the fact that the money that has been uh, put into the club, the first thing from from this uh, acquisition, this sale to the council, the the first thing it was used to do was to pay off a bridging loan, a loan that was taken out by Scott Priestnell and Errol Pope to buy the club. And I know that's a condition of the uh, of the deal with SSDC, that that had to happen, and absolutely it had to happen. But if the money has come out of that pot, then why has it come out of that pot? I still ask that question. Um, I might never get an answer to it, but why um, is a, a question I would ask. And if it hasn't come out of that pot, where is it? there should be loads of money lying around we should have we should have enough money for better internet connection than the manager was (laughs) fighting his way through on thursday so uh jesus christ anyone who had the the misfortune of listening to that that's worse than phil collins trust me
2: (laughs) (laughs) we have signed will doors
5: we have signed will doors yeah where's he now (laughs) i'm going to south end on saturday i shall uh, i'll
2: keep an eye out for him have you been keeping an eye on the stuff coming out of Worcester Warriors this week at all? I
5: don't think you can avoid uh, the stuff coming out of Worcester Warriors, can they? And uh, um, yeah, Uh, I mean, we know Messrs, Priestnell, Pope, McCrory, not that Jeb McCrory is anything to do with Overtown, of course, but um, uh, were owners prior to the current owners. They sold to the current owners. Is that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. That there, there was a division. So there there were, and again, maybe I've not followed this closely enough. But there was a division of assets before they got there. Is that right? Before the current owners got there?
2: I'm not sure. The only I don't know if it is before the current owners that got there. But you know, there's splitting of assets. There's multiple companies set up in different names. There's lots of red flags and similarities that. You can't. that <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but you can't help but look at and think. Mm, that's oh, a bit worrying. hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah.
5: No, it is a it is a concern, isn't it? And and um I think people will say, uh, you yeah, know, why didn't anybody say anything about this? Well, there's no question that. Things have been said about this. People have been pointing out these similarities and pointing out these concerns. And I think it's, if, if there's something, I mean, I'm not suggesting anything illegal has happened at Yeovil Town because um, and a lot of the division of assets happened long before Scott Priestnell got there, didn't it? Because it was, uh, it was John Fry and Norman Hayward's uh, action to divide the um, the land and the stadium into different companies. Um, and I remember being a support at the time and that happening and um, people kicking off about it. And I, I was one of those, call me a happy clapper, I guess. I was sat there thinking, well, at the time we were in what were we? We were in the championship or was it was no, in that? It was, was, it was it League
2: One, I think. It was, was when it? we were sort of lower oh. mid table, League One. Yeah.
5: And I was probably thinking, well, if they think they can make money out of it, crack on. You know, I I, I never asked any questions about it. I know that. Um, and I remember thinking of the people who did ask questions about it. What are they going on? I remember having lots of conversations with Badger about it and him saying, no, we should be worried about this. But when someone's got 95% or whatever it was, yeah, holding in the club, 92%, what can you do? Nobody. Yeah, you know, you're the majority shareholder. And one interesting thing that came out of uh, Stuart Robbins' interview with Three Valleys was he's not an executive. He's a non-executive director on the um, at the club. So he's got no executive power, which I imagine that means that the only person with executive power on the board
2: at Yeovil is Scott Priestall. Well, that's the only other it makes ones, a change, it? doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I don't particularly follow rugby at all. And you know, let's not pretend this is a rugby podcast but it <laughs> seems like it's kind of caught the rugby world by oh, surprise. surprise yeah whereas it feels like the kind of story that as football supporters we're like <laughs> yeah we're used to football clubs getting shafted by people so it's um yeah it seems like it's made quite a big impact in rugby
4: yeah from what i understand i think Priestal and errol pope weren't they were never directors of Worcester they were only part of the consortium that bought it and then there was a lot of confusion that they were never actually named as directors and I think to I just got an article from Worcester News after it was announced that they took over Yeovil and they they clearly don't know much about them from uh the Worcester time only that they were involved in the consortium and then strangely never actually turned up as directors or board members um but, but speaking of what you were talking about there, Dave, about the happy clappers i remember um when it chris spittles first tweeted that scott Priestnall was going to take over the club in sort of the june after we were relegated um thinking this is great this is great and then very quickly cider space put an article up of all the businesses that Scott Priestnell has on Company's House and how how they've all ended up. Um, And because I was so excited that we were finally being taken over, it is that sort of, oh, okay, it might be different, but.
5: The grass is
2: always greener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, meanwhile at Wickham, here's what you could have had. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. I think the other thing that came out of that interview is the fan zone so for us natives down in Somerset, um we're going to get a fan zone at some point once a license is approved so they're going to yeah. move the marquee. sounds like
5: they're moving part of the marquee which from a couple of comments that i saw in response to our article won't be the floor of the marquee which there were a few expletives used to describe that but uh, so i can only assume that it is the exterior structure of what a friend of mine who came with me called the wedding tent. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I can only assume it's that is being moved to behind the thatcher stand. Now been a while since, well, no, when was it? The legends games, probably the last time I was behind the, anywhere near the
2: thatcher stand. Not a huge amount of room there, is it? Uh, so there is up at the other end towards the car park. Right, Um, enough to
5: fit that marquee. I mean,
2: there's a lot of poop to clear. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. There's a lot, but if they're not going to use the whole thing, I mean, the marquee is big. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they may just cut it in half and leave it open, like one side of it open. I think when you walk around there, a lot of it's sort of been blown in through various storms over the past. Couple of years, you know, one end of it, the just totally open. Stormy Ian got it, did it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was the one we had last year, which blew the scoreboard off. Eunice, oh, oh Eunice, was it Eunice. Yeah. Proper storm, that um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> proper name as well. Names, yeah. Names appropriately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it's something. At least we've been told there's something gonna be happening i'm sure we'll find a way to moan about it but um <laughs> yeah
5: i mean you um, can't uh, you can't criticize you can't say complain about nothing happening and then complain when it, it does happen. something happens you, yeah you've gotta you've gotta give it um give it a chance give it it's due i'm sure you'll be in there in supping up
2: was gonna say a strong then thatches yeah <laughs> good <Goodness laughs> yeah good grief <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about man yeah. um yeah, uh, someone com- I think someone commented on our post like, why they're going to move it because it's, you know, why move it from where it is but you could get a couple of houses and gardens in that spot, I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, probably.
5: There's a nice bit of uh, woodland around there, isn't there? A couple of trees.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, and a builder's merchant too so it'd be nice to live next to a builder's merchant, I would thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure
5: uh, a manor or whatever it's called will look lovely there. <laughs> And Curry
2: meadows something like that yeah mm. um now question shall we talk about south end and then do our little bit on the other side of it yes or should yeah. we let
5: ben talk about south end
2: yeah so ben has spoken to chris phillips and it all sounds a bit familiar at south end uh, as to what we've experienced and um hopefully you don't mind spoilers but ben's given away the ending of the game already at the end of this one so uh, enjoy this, and we will be back to talk about South End on the other side.
3: Hi, guys. Ben here on the podcast, talking to Chris Phillips, a South End reporter for The Echo, trying to get a little bit of an angle from the other side. Uh, Chris, this is not your first appearance on the podcast. Thank you for coming back.
0: Not a problem. Thank you for asking
3: me on. Not a problem at all. Um, our sides meet at the weekend at Roots Hall. And I was looking through a few figures, a few stats and stuff. And I'm thinking there's a lot of similarities between the two clubs, not just on this one season, but a long, long history of similarities between the two clubs. And I always think it's interesting when Southend and Yeovil come up against one another because we've taken such a similar trajectory, including this season. Is, would it be fair to say that this season, the only thing consistent about Southend, Is there inconsistencies?
0: Yeah, I think you're probably quite accurate with with that assumption. I think Southend have actually played quite well performance-wise and probably haven't quite got the number of points that their performances deserve. But... They're also the architect of their own downfall where that's confirmed because they haven't been able to take enough of the opportunities that are coming their way. Um, so they have created opportunities in front of goal where they haven't been able to take enough of them and that's why they haven't got the points that the performances ultimately deserve. So it's their own fault in effect and you could argue whether or not that does mean they deserve to get them more points but the performances ha- have been reasonably encouraging. Um, obviously there's a few here and there, a few halves that have been a little bit below Par, but that's to be expected from all sides at this level, really. Um, so it has been a little bit inconsistent, but it was a good win at the weekend at Wildstone Southend, sort of showed an ugly side to their game, which was quite promising in a way, because that's something that you could say they've been quite good at the sort of pretty football, so to speak, and perhaps that hadn't quite got what was needed to ground out the results at this level. So going down to 10 men at the weekend and being able to grind out a one nil win at Willstone who had been doing quite well was quite a promising performance really. And the hope is now that that can be a bit of a turning point for South End and that can kickstart the season and that things can start to be a little bit more promising from here on in. Um, you're, you're
3: talking to Yeovil fans who, you might as well have been describing Yeovil so far this season. <laughs> nice, promising football impact. patches. a couple of iffy here and there, but actually we're playing some good stuff. We just can't put the ball in the back of the net. And I, I, actually, I, want, I was going to ask you specifically about the goal scoring, because that is a direct correlation. I think I'm right in saying, if my math is any good, South End are the only side still with single figures for goals scored this season. And we're only one more ahead at 10 goals for the season. Is 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 there something missing? Is there an act and an X factor missing up front? Why is the ball not going in the back of the net for South End? And how can we make sure it
0: stays that way for 90 more minutes? So you're saying to put your money on nil-nil on Saturday. Is that the Well, uh... well
3: we've we've drawn <laughs> six out of our ten games this far. I'm not I'm not putting anybody off a draw this week.
0: Um well Southend have got an incredible number of strikers now. I think when everybody's fit, if that ever does happen, they've got about seven or eight strikers. So have been trying they brought Marcus Dakers in on loan from Salford and the early impressions where he's concerned have been quite promising he's got two goals in in his first three games he t- took one well on his debut at Chesterfield and then got a penalty at a Willstone which was which was good to see because Southend had missed something like four of their last five so so that had been a problem um yeah goal scoring it, the stats speak for themselves really it's, it's nothing new Southend has struggled where that's concerned. For the past few seasons now, it was only a couple of years ago that our um, that our top scorer was joint with three goals at the end of the season. So I think I still shudder when I flip back through my statistics <laughs> book and see the uh, and see the goal scoring column for, from that season. So we had Sam Dolby got ten last year, but there's nobody really that's been that's been prolific, I guess. I don't know why. I guess that the, the goal scorers cost a bit more money that the South End don't have. Or I, I, I really don't know. Simon Cox was probably the last consistent goal scorer that that South End ever had. But um, the play's been a little bit more promising. Um, and South End had a, two back to back, you know, two back to back relegation. Started off last year looking like it was going to be a third. And, and since Kevin Mayer came to the club and things improved off the field as much as they can at South End, it's been a little bit more promising. Results have improved, and, and South End were, were a reformed side at the second half of last season. So the goal scoring has improved compared to what it has been, but it's still not where it needs to be if South End are to, to, to do well this season and to be up near the playoff places. Which is, which is what they want to do. I mean, Callum Powell had got three and four before before he was left out, but he misses quite a lot of chances. And, and he's a bit like Marmite, really. I don't mind him, but uh, he does waste a lot of chances. So at the moment, it's Marcus Dakers and Jake Hyde are likely to be the, the two strikers. Um, Southend have changed it a little bit formation-wise in the last couple of weeks. So there are two strikers rather than it being sort of like a front three with just one centrally. So they've gone with two more direct players. They're sort of the bigger, more physical outlets. And that seems to be going okay, but the proof will be in the pudding, won't it, really, when it comes to, to seeing the goal scoring that uh, that does it does result in. But chances are being created. Dan Moon is a creative player and he's making opportunities for those in front of him. And Jack Bridge, when he comes on, it, it is the same, really. So you do feel as though the strikers are going to get opportunities, but it's just whether or not they'll take them. And the thing is, players at this level are going to miss opportunities because without being rude that's why they are playing at this yeah, level if they converted a higher percentage of their opportunities then they wouldn't be in the National League so unfortunately as fans of football team at this level you sometimes you have to think well that that, that that is going to happen as much as we don't like it that's the reason why they are playing for us but I think you look at it Marcus Dacus has got two and three so fingers crossed he can go on a little bit of a run it's only on loan um, so I'll probably go back once he starts scoring that Southend's lap. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed that the chances can start to be created a little bit more regularly.
3: It, it Honestly, it's so strange. You're talking about not just this season, but you talked about the double relegations, the off the field sort of inconsistencies as well. You talk about having a Marmite striker. You talk about having an on loan attacking midfielder who's showing a real spark. Again, you might as well be talking about Yeovil. Oh, I might strike I quite, special. I
0: always remember the good old days when we were sort of going to pr- promotion, weren't we, with each other? And there were yeah. all, I think you won one nil, didn't you, at the end of the season towards uh, at Roots Hall? So you you must have gone up that year. And I think we went up via the playoffs. And there, I always remember some sort. Of, Gary Johnson was was your manager. Phil Jevons always seemed to score against us. I Every think about eight. 80% of his career goals must have been about against South End. He always seemed to... Um, to, He's not playing Saturday, is he? I'm hoping that he might, might not still be playing for Yeovil. Anymore. I'll be honest with you.
3: If he turns up and he's got his boots, he's probably going to get a game, to be fair. So, yeah, gonna, I do have yeah.
0: some, um, some really good memories of years gone by of, of South End Yeovil and Yovil, and us both being up challenging for, for a promotion and... And you are obviously David Webb came in, didn't he? So he signed quite a few ex-Yobel players. So, yeah, there are quite a lot of um, similarities and, and links between the two clubs. So it will be interesting to see how the, the latest chapter goes at the weekend.
3: I, I, I guess that actually brings us on to, to one of the players I was going to mention. There are two within the South End squad that I wanted to highlight. One of them hasn't been seen in forever. What's, what's up with Rhys Murphy? Obviously, we had a, a, an amazing couple of seasons with us. It was a bit of a marquee signing for you guys. Missed the back end of last season with a, well, we assume a fairly serious injury. And has that still rolled on?
0: Yeah, he got injured against you, I think. Mm. Um, he did his knee and it um, requires required surgery. And once they went in and, and did the operation, I understand that that's when they discovered that the injury was a lot worse than than first expected. Um, so he hasn't played since then. That must have been January time when you last came to Roots Hall. And that was the last time we saw him on the pitch. And he's not even back training regularly at the moment. I think he's I think he's come back in and he, he is stepping things up, but there's no definitive answer. I mean, I ask every week, it's a bit of a standing joke now, me and the manager about how often I ask about him and also Harry Carbwell, who, Who's been he has been out injured not quite as long as, as Reese, but he's been out since the end of last season as well. And the thing with Reese, there's no definitive answer when when I do ask every Thursday um, how he is progressing with, with his injury, and, it, and it's a shame because. He got nine goals and that was at a time when, when South End were really struggling. So he got nine goals in a poor side and, and you would have thought that he would have scored more regularly in a side that was playing a lot more attacking football and, and creating a lot more chances than they were previously when, when he was playing. So it's a real shame that he's been forced onto the sidelines and there's no exact answer yet as, as when he's going to be coming back. So it's a knee injury He's been out since January. And, and to be honest, we're not really too sure when he's going to be back in, in action at this point, which is a real shame because, as you will know as well, he, he is he is a finisher. And um, yeah, he's, he's one that misses one or two. Um, but uh, I'd be confident that, that he would get goals in this South End side.
3: Yeah, absolutely. From a very selfish point of view, I'm kind of glad he's not there on Saturday. But from a, a human point of view, I really want him to get better because I think at this level, he's a, he's a heck of a striker. Um, I guess that, that also brings me on to Nathan Ralph, which I didn't realise. Is he the club captain now or the team captain in some way, shape or form at South End now? Because when he was with us during our promotion season into the championship and then subsequently after that, he was always a bit of a bit part player. Didn't really have a set position, came on a bit in midfield, a bit in the back, a bit here, a bit there. But he's become a real mainstay at this level now. I see he even got an England C call up, didn't he, last season?
0: Yeah, he, he's done really well. Again, talking of injuries, he, he's someone that, that has struggled, unfortunately, where where that's concerned. But he's one of Southend's best players. If he could stay fit, he'd be playing League One, League Two easily. Uh, he, is, he is cup captain this year. Um, but it, he, he's had really bad injuries at, at South End. He popped his shoulder. He, he's had some real bad setbacks. I think this is his third or fourth year, and he's only sort of made 60-odd appearances so far. So he hasn't been able to, to stay fit for, for, for long enough. Um, even when he got the England C call-up, he, he had to pull out of that as well because of, of injury. So he, he never got to go and, and meet up with them. But he, he's an excellent player. He started the season, South End played sort of three centre-backs and, and then two out wide. So he started the season as a, as a left left. sided centre-back um and in more recent weeks he's moved to left wing back but he he's he yeah I can't speak high enough of him he's very good on the ball he's get forward he's good defensively he's not particularly tall but he's very good in the air he's got a really good spring on him um and it's just unfortunate with the injuries that he's had that it's probably hindered the progress that that he could make career-wise and that's why he does find himself in the national league but yeah he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet for sure right now he's He's been a real key player for, for South end so far this season and I just hope he can stay fit and that's the that's always the, the problem yeah. where Nathan's concerned he had a little bit of a, of a knee injury already this season he missed three games um but he's come back in and um, you just have to hope that, that that he can stay fit but he hasn't been able to do that for for a real long period at, at South End so far so I have to wait and see where that's concerned but yeah another link between uh between the clubs um so I'm sure he's looking forward to Saturday and looking to continue his good form. And
3: another parallel, Yeovil Town fans will be screaming the name of our star midfielder, who's also got a long standing history with injury that's probably preventing him from playing at League One, League Two level in, in Lawson Diaz. I am stunned that these two clubs are not the same club. And again, you, you, you <laughs> maybe they it, are.
0: Maybe they just changed key every are. other week. Maybe, maybe they the, are. The
3: and, th- and that, that means we, we both get to win at the weekend, which is much needed. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about the tactics because a lot of conversation, far too many minutes on this podcast, have been dedicated to 3-5-2. I never want to hear the word wing-back again in my life. How does it set up at Southend? Will you likely play like that at the weekend? It's a much maligned formation for us. It either is um, amazing or the worst thing in the world ever to have ever become a Hewish Park.
0: <laughs> uh, so Southend have been playing 3 4 4-3, um, and that, that's changed in, in the last couple of weeks. They've gone to two up front, so it has changed to 3-5-2, 5-3-2, five, five, whichever way you, you you look at it. So, it has it has been that formation with the, the two strikers. Nor has Sin's come in since he had an injury. He's a key player for South End. He, he's, he's a class performer. He's very calm on the ball, very composed, and and keeps South End ticking over. He unfortunately got injured at Solihull in, in the second game of the season, but he started the last couple of games, and, and he makes a big difference to, to South End. Drew Wrexham should have won. Mm. You're probably fed up of talking about wing-backs. We're fed up of talking about the, the disallowed goal that, that shouldn't have been disallowed. Oh, we yeah, can talk I saw about that. that. Yeah, we could talk about National League refs probably for your whole podcast, to be fair. Well, so we have a rule. disallowed and we should have beaten Wrexham, but we didn't and you, you, you have to move on. And then on, on Saturday, we won at Wildstone. So with, with Nora again playing playing a key part. So I'd imagine that South have been unchanged for the, for the last couple of games. So I can't see the formation really changing. So I think it'll be wing-backs. Sorry to mention wing-backs. And um, the only slight change, maybe they've got a lot of strikers. So I'd imagine Dakers will play, but maybe with the game Saturday, Tuesday, Hayes had a little bit of injury history in the past. So whether or not he'll play both of those games, I don't know. There are other options available in, in Chris Ray and Callum Power. So Kevin Mayer may look to freshen things up in in, in the front line. Um, maybe not for Saturday. He, he might have looked to do that for Tuesday. But other than that, I expect Southend to be to be pretty much unchanged. So yeah, it will be the uh, the wingback formation. Sorry. <laughs> he keeps saying it. Keeps saying it. We, have, we
3: are closing in on 200 episodes of the Glovers cast. And very early on, we came up with a rule. Rule one of the Glover's cast is we don't complain about National League refs. They're all rubbish. They're yeah, all completely yeah. useless. We just get on with it. It's, yeah, yeah. So you, unfortunately, you have, you have been given a yellow card for breaking rule one there by learning <laughs> about the National League refs. It's, I, I don't make the rules. Um, that's what it is. Um, one change I guess you guys are going to have to make is Gus Scott Morris. It's a name that I didn't know an awful lot about until this uh, season, but has been playing pretty regularly for you guys. But obviously got that red card who comes in and replaces him at the back.
0: Oh, yeah. Apologies. So, yeah, there will be one change. Jason Dimitri will, uh, will come in. He's very experienced. Experienced. played 200-odd yeah. games for South End. He's, so there's no real worries where, where that's concerned. He's a, a, an excellent, probably the best professional in, mm. in, the, in the South End squad. Um, he's been captain in the past and, yeah, he'll slot in a, a right wing-back. Gus, was, he's, he's done well since since coming in. He's, he's made the step up and he did well to win the penalty uh, at the weekend Um, and then showed a little bit of naivety, really. He'd already been booked and kicked the ball away. He, he couldn't have any complaints really it was a silly yellow card and to, which was especially when you're already on a yellow card um we could have no no complaints so i don't know whether that redeems my yellow card myself if i say the referee made the right decision um let you but, off. we'll let you off <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so Jason Dimitri will come in at right wing back, and that'll be fine. He's, you know, a very very experienced pro and um, a good player. So not a problem with. I think he might even have scored against Javel last season actually. Um, sorry, and um, yeah, he, he'll he'll slot in and he'll do a good job for the side. So he might not be quite as energetic. He's bit older when Scott Morris um, so Scott can, can get up and down maybe a little bit quicker than Jason can do nowadays but uh, he's, he's a reliable performer in himself So, and he'll be determined to to come in he won't have been used to being out the South End side for this amount of time he's been on the bench the last five games so although he's getting on a bit it, he'll be still wanting to show that, that he's got a part to play on this side so he'll be coming in on Saturday with a little bit of a point to prove and, and trying to show that even when Gus is available again it's only a one game ban so he'll be trying to do all he can to, to stay on the side and, and try and make sure it's Gus that misses out next time
3: you are right he did 29th minute opener uh, last January in that game that Reese Murphy was was injured in That's, I had that game open actually so you are exactly right um, let's let's wrap this up I'm not one for asking our, our guests for a, a score prediction or anything like that I'm quite happy to back another draw 6 out of 10 7 out of 11 I think uh, it will not see many people wrong too far how do you see the game playing out I've, I've got this envision in my head of this being quite a Tight, cagey game. Are you expecting something similar, possibly quite low scoring, or something fast and free flowing? South End
0: are the hardest team to predict. So, uh, my, my saying with South End is always to predict the unpredictable because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, you're looking at it and you'd and you think that both sides, as you've touched on before, there are similarities. Neither of them get too many goals. So, I'll probably say all this and it'll be three all or something. And uh, um, I'll be completely wrong. But yeah, I, I think it'll be reasonably a low-scoring affair. A lot of sides seem to have, have come to Roots Hall and almost put men behind the ball and, and tried to frustrate South End and then not always the best at, at dealing with that tactic and when they've got to try and break down the bodies are in front of them. So whether or not you will do that, you're no better than me or whether or not they'll come and try and go on the front foot a little bit more. Um, I'm not too sure. The latter would probably suit South End a little more without trying to give too much away. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're probably looking at a draw or one-nil either way. It's going to be a draw. We've are sixty percent draw. Rate <laughs> I, I, this I just season. did the report now, so like, I yeah, be just it's a it's a one all. Just one sco- all.
3: We will open the scoring. You'll Phil beat, Jevons. Like, Phil Jevons will score. <laughs> Phil Jevons quite late on in the first half, and then you'll you'll score the equaliser very quickly afterwards. That's how it's gone all season long. So okay, great. I'll do
0: the report now. I won't even go to the game. I mean, you yeah, don't bother.
3: Club, yeah, and I'll just sort of say ended in draw sounds um, like a great idea <laughs> amazing amazing right thank you very much that wraps up um, our little chat here so i really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to be with us on on, on another busy midweek of, of sport so really thank you a, a huge amount
0: no worries thanks for asking me on and good luck after saturday <laughs> thank you very much <laughs>
2: There you go. There's one for the Ben fans. They've had their fill of Ben for this episode. Um, he's giving it away though, hasn't he? He's telling, telling Chris that we're gonna score, and then Southend are gonna score straight away, and just see it out for a draw. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward
5: to it. I'm still going, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how we score. And uh, yeah, Reese Rhys Murphy ominously back in training
2: yes he is back in training they they put that out on um i think it was chris's paper probably chris's story it's all he does isn't it um mm. today saying that um yeah murphy was back in training but they're taking it slow because the last time he played was against us in january and he i think so what um what will be interesting is maybe are they going to risk him for five minutes at the end Nick Please a goal, because no. <laughs> their problem their problem is awfully familiar to us. They play very well, but they've not taken their chances.
5: They've got a few strikers in there, and they've got Jake Hyde. I know he's another um one who's Mr. Glass, isn't he? Got a lot of a uh, lot of injuries, but um they've got uh, Arsenal connection. They've got Chris Ray's uh son. Yeah, Christopher Ray's they, son, play? yeah. Yeah. Yeah
2: he's, he's, I don't know if he does as many backflips as Christopher Ray's done. I'm hoping I'm we'll hoping find out I'm when he scores in the 90s. Sh- <laughs> 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 I'm hoping <a> we equalizer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um it's difficult to not talk about the same thing again, isn't it? Um manager's press conference today, if you could hear hear through the distortion socks being worked off, bits being chomped at. How many socks <laughs>
5: are they going through?
2: Um <laughs> yeah. Um same sort of stuff but he was asked about signing says he feels support um about bringing in players they've got to be the right players have they got to come from stratford that's a question that's on everyone's lips uh what what do you think about all the the situation marcus you've obviously you're kind of distant having not been to many games but from what you've heard about how we've played and and you know what the bits you have seen the some dross at Wildstone and at <laughs> Scunthorpe. Um, what's, what's your take on the situation and what Chris Hargreaves has done so far as manager? Um,
4: well, we've only scored more than one goal in, is it two games, I think? And they've both been draws, the Chesterfield and Old Tringham. Yeah. I mean, I, it, the Bore and Wood highlights that I saw and listening to it, it seemed like the game where we have been at our most uh, sort of threatening attacking-wise, like the amount of chances there were in that game. I mean, admittedly, not all you'd expect him to score, maybe with the exception of that Jimmy Torre one. But it's it's clear we, we're not getting absolutely tramped by teams, but we're also not... It would be quite nice to comprehensively just dominate a game. And if we don't look anywhere really near doing that um, or sound like we're anywhere near that from what what I've heard and it's just a bit of the same like just a bit fed up to be honest of this. It's,
2: <laughs> he nearly said frustration. Yeah, yeah. I he did. Nearly did. <laughs>
4: I was gonna say something else beginning with F but um, <laughs> apart, yeah as, as I think you guys said on the last episode apart from that first season in the National League it has been so repetitive Um but this season has been like a just these 10 games have been a mini version of like the last 10 seasons. <laughs> it's just been a minor version of everything just on repeat. We're not getting anything done. We're not losing. Uh, we've only lost, what, two two games, three games? Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, there are teams at the top of the league who have had the same record as us in losing. But when you're not winning and we don't really look like dominating, like you look at Altrincham, they've got a fairly similar record to us. And at the time they hadn't won. Like that's a game... You want to be winning 2-0, something like that. He, but, yeah, I'm just fed up, to be honest, of uh, not of listening to you on comms, Ian, don't worry, uh, <laughs> but of just listening to Yeovil Town in general.
2: <laughs> I think that's quite a, that's the sentiment of a lot of people at yeah. the moment, isn't it? Um, yeah, what do you think about the signings, Dave? It said he's feel support. I, yeah, I mean... I mean I, I, it feels all a bit... <laughs> Yeah, we're not where we want to be, and, you know, we've been as critical of that as anyone, but it feels a bit premature to be talking about Uh, signings in particular, I think. I mean, I've said we need a midfielder. Mm.
5: Yeah. I mean, in fairness, I, I don't know if you if you listen or try to listen to the um to the press conference, but it um he was asked the question, "Do you have the support uh to bring players in?" So, in fairness to Chris Hargreaves, he answered the question that he was given, which was, "Yes, yes, that I do." But he did say that he thought that he had the players there. There were the players in the t- in in the building, as he said, who were um who were capable of um. of of doing it, uh, of going out there and doing it. And, and, and I agree with that. I agree that there's um, the players that we've got there should be better than our results show, because I believe that this squad is better than the one that we had last season. And obviously we had a few um, great runs of form, didn't we, which, uh, and some terrible runs of form, which was, was this kind of the hallmark of last season. Whereas, this season it doesn't seem to have been brilliant and it doesn't seem to have been terrible it's sort of just uh, somewhere in the middle isn't it because everything's a draw um but yeah no i i i don't think he's really looking to bring players in there uh, i think he's saying um you know that there are there are players that they've got to be able to do it um but if they don't work out then um then he's got the support to be able to do it, but start playing some of the players he's got, I'd say like Will Dawes, <laughs> where's Will Dawes? <laughs> he hadn't even been on the bench. Ollie Haste is tearing it up in uh, the, the Southern League, isn't he? I mean, I'm not saying that the Southern League at Truro is exactly the same as, um uh, as, uh, as, a, as a national league with Yeovil, but you know, if these did, players are
2: in good form. Did we, Sign Matty Gravosti off the back of former, former a um, you know a similar level.
5: Ah, uh, yeah, Warrington, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, same kind of so level. I mean, yeah. Like... yeah,
4: and he was great. To be fair, he was
5: <laughs> from the yeah. thirteen minutes the best I of saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
2: um, yeah, I think there's a couple of players possibly. A doubt, I presume one of those is Jory Johnson, who, you know, is the key to all things good. Um <laughs> so, so Sam we... Perry sounds like he's
5: back. Um, or oh, he's, he's he's available, uh, you know, chomping in all the right places. Um <laughs> and Owen Bevan's back, who I'll be looking forward to see. He's got plenty of juice left in the tank, because he only played 10 minutes for Wales on the 21s.
2: Yeah. And he was interested on um, Jake Scrimshaw as well. I haven't seen a lot of him after coming in really, um, you know, well mooted, highly thought of. Um, And, you know, like like a lot of the players that have come in, they're all sort of fighting, fighting for a spot, aren't they? And I think Jimmy Torre went for it when he joined, had to get fit. Um, The only ones really who've landed straight in are Malachi Linton and Alex Fisher, but even now, you know, you look at the options that there are, even they're going to be fighting for their spots. So I think Jimmy Torres showing a little bit of form, um, but yeah, Scrimmy working hard for a start.
5: Yeah, Marcus, you, you, uh, I. The only minutes I've seen of Jake Scrimshaw were at Wildston. and he, and he, he came on. I seem to remember coming on and sort of being that hustling, harrying uh, kind of striker maybe didn't see enough of him. That did, did, did you have long enough to form any kind of opinion of him based on that period?
4: No, this is the thing. I was He. I was going to say, I still don't really know what type of a striker he is because mm. I didn't really see any of him when he was on the ball. But when he was off the ball, he was properly going for them. And he, I think he actually got booked. He slid right in front of us in the press box. Mm. It was a really late challenge. He lost the ball. Um, but it reminded me a bit of how um, sorry I have to bring him up but Tom Knowles used to just persistently mm. run at players and pester them and I think we have been missing a bit of that Alex Fisher does that I mean he's not quite got the same searing pace that that Knowles did um, but I, I'd quite like to see Scrimshaw and it's it's weird because I think you're saying and I, I completely agree I think we've got the tools for a good team and the, on, the only sort of uh, area that I think we de- we need an extra bit of quality in might be up front. We might need more depth in midfield, but up front is clearly where we're struggling. But we've got tons of strikers. Oh. We can't we can't sign another striker. No. Because we've four, just three, seen 2
2: four, <laughs> yeah. three, three. four, two, four. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I keep saying it. I don't know if I've said it on here, I probably have. Um I'd love it. I don't want Dale Gorman, but
1: we <laughs> I need Dale Gorman, yeah. and
2: I and I think I know we wanted to keep Dale Gorman. He was one of the players who decided to leave, didn't take up a contract that we offered him. But I do think he would make a difference to this team. Just he that. did just keep it
4: ticking over, and it was a bit of a bit of an annoying character in that midfield, definitely,
2: definitely. And like for all his faults, every now and then he picked out a good pass that got things happening, you know, and I think I don't know, we're lacking that in my view. What was the question AD asked at the press conference? Like good a good old war horse. Needing a good
5: old war horse, yeah, in, uh, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the team. yeah. So
2: here's a question, which old war horse would you like in our midfield? Pluck one from any any era of horses. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, Ed <Olsen>. helps. <laughs> <laughs> <Head ups. laughs> well we, sure. we did our bit to try and get that yeah. to happen, didn't we? But um oh. Chris Chris Hargreaves described himself as an old war horse
5: when he he said when he uh when he came to Torquay, um he was think, 35, he said, which uh if that makes you an old war horse, I don't know what that makes me. Um but uh but yeah, he said he was that kind of experienced head in um in
2: midfield. Ben, no. will, ben will frantically be looking as he's listening to this. He'll be frantically looking for 35 year old free agents. <laughs> yeah. There'll be someone out there, won't there? I'd love lot. to see
4: Charlie Lee back in that midfield. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for the long
4: throw. Getting back
2: from here. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Where's he Leighton Orient now? Yeah. Isn't he on the coaching he's like staff?
2: Head of youth development or something at Leighton Orient. Send and us and a Charlie couple, yeah. is, Charlie is head of youth development. Yeah. <laughs> feels a bit like a responsible job for <laughs> that, Charlie, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's been there, done it? Though, hasn't first,
5: it? first signing, Gabby Rogers. Yeah, straight in <laughs> Yeah, to get Truro now with uh,
2: with is he Gabby and... Rogers.
5: Um, I feel like he was at. Tr- he was he was, he was was playing in Devon, wasn't he? Because you think he's from Torquay, isn't he, originally? And he was at Torquay. Oh,
4: no, he was at Truro last season. Oh, was he's he a, right? He's at Kidderminster now.
5: Oh, Kidderminster.
4: Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was on to bigger and better things. That's why he needed to hand
2: He scored, <laughs> he scored that worldie for Torquay, didn't he? Yeah, friendly. What have we done? What have
4: we done? He was on trial at Tiverton, and it was against Torquay. Yeah. And but then, then they signed him off the back of that.
2: Yeah, uh, but then didn't he score a really good goal for them? And we, yeah, I like, think he did in 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 a friendly game, wasn't it?
4: He scored yeah. a decent goal for us, to be fair, against, <laughs> against Bromley yeah. and the FA Cup. Yeah, he that did. Was, yeah, that was about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, went to Truro, then Plymouth Parkway, and now he's on the Kidderminster.
4: That is not yeah. someone I'd want in uh, back in a who's <laughs> to change this team. In other <laughs> news, I was just looking on the website by the way, and I've seen Will Dawes as... On the website listed as number 99. So,
5: 99? Uh, Keep your eyes
4: out for any 99 flakes nah. on Saturday, day. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> hey.
2: Do you reckon he's, yeah, I was going to say, do you reckon he's a bit of a flake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You know, you've that right. you out much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you teed it out perfectly. I half heartedly teed yeah. out the assist, and I've had a Yusuf thing. to the... <laughs> Could do with a few then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that Chris Hargreaves said that? Is
5: worth. Um, but from from, from from what I I could hear, um, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is as we've said recently was the same as he said in previous uh, previous weeks. Really, they're working hard in training, as you'd hope they will. They've been watching the game back. They've been trying to learn from their mistakes. You know, same old, same old. They think they could be better. Managers keep telling him that um, that we're playing well. Luke Garrard said it on um, a, a ball against Bournemouth and that's that's probably where the F word come from isn't it is what? that there are moments where we're playing well
4: I'd find that really patronising if <laughs> did he say the South End manager called him up midweek and had a I, chat
5: yeah. and said
4: how well we look how <laughs> yeah. good we look I'd be like shut oh, up oh, like, you're, you're playing so yeah, well yeah. you're, you're doing. really you're
2: close doing. <laughs> I'd yeah. find that really
4: annoying yeah <laughs>
2: Without a doubt.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: uh, oh, I had a good thought about something then, Dave, and it all went when you started uh, talking. Start
3: yeah. <laughs> again.
5: <What did> you... <laughs> that's right. So you 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 were asking me about what else there was in Chris Hargreaves' um press conference. And I said about how yeah, we're we're working hard in training and we're um, just feel like I'm repeating myself now for <laughs> who's listening, right? Yeah, let's let's move along. Let's
2: move <laughs> along. Okay. Um well, we do have some questions happy days
5: yeah um, do we have the answers
2: that's the real question
5: uh well probably not no but um uh, do you do you have the questions or would you like me to uh uh to, to desperately fill as i uh, as i try and uh, find them on... well i
2: think you while you desperately fill i'm trying to find them as well oh okay well I've, there's only 3 there's only 3 uh, so um, good an yeah, early but... night <laughs> yes, exactly. But we, we, we
5: have got them. So Chris Payne, Chris Payne 83 asks, do we need to be more positive when we have the ball? It seems hogball involves a lot of sideways and backwards passes most of the time. Ian, you've seen this more recently than uh, Marcus and I put together. So uh, you, uh, you can answer that one. You claim yes. to have seen this hardball.
2: Yeah, I get it forward. I think the problem we have is we go, we go, we, we do this patient play where we knock it around the back three slash five slash four, if you think it's a four. Um, And then we're like, ah, tell this and lump it forward and hope something's going to happen. So we kind of have an element of patience where we go sideways and then don't quite get it forward. But I think it depends who's in, in front. You know, the, the York city game was a total catastrophe and, we didn't have Matt Worthington in in the team that day. And I think that's kind of made a difference. I think Worthy does make a difference to the team. There's no one else quite like him in that centre midfield um area that has the same attributes, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I'd like it to be I'd like us to be a little bit more forward thinking, but at the same time, when we cut open Dagenham. That was from going sideways, going backwards. And then Alex Fisher waits patiently. I think Morgan Williams plays the ball through and Fisher crosses it for Jamie Record and Bob's your uncle.
5: I don't know if it's that I grew up in an era of football where wingers were the were the thing to be in uh, sort of the days of uh, David Ginola, Mark Overmars, the throw one in there for you, Ian. But Andre Kancelskis, those kind of people. But... Um, uh, i just love us to see, to play a, 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 at least Charlie Wakefield in a wide right position and uh, just let him run at people. That that didn't seem to do too badly, did it, last season?
2: To be fair, Charlie Wakefield does play in a wide right position.
5: Yeah, maybe <laughs> a further forward right wing where, where he doesn't have to worry about defensive responsibility. Uh,
4: I, or... I'd like to see us being a bit more pragmatic sometimes. Like, it's nice to play this nice football, but at the end of the day, I don't really care how the goals go in at this stage. Um, And, like, you can play nice football, but you've also got to have that combo of being a bit... Like, you look at Wrexham. They've got... Obviously, they've got an incredible squad and their quality is really good, but they still just will lump in a long throw and get some scrappy goal from somewhere. Um, I mean, Stauntons was quite a scrappy goal, I guess, but... It's one of very few. Um, like would be, I don't think we're being that negative from the highlights in our attacking play. Like we creating decent opportunities. It's just uh, missing that final touch. The manager talked about it a bit in his press conference, how we need a bit of luck after, uh, I think it was from the whole John McGinn chat saying one needs to go in off someone's backside. Um, but you can't rely on luck and, yeah I I just like to see goals I don't really care how they come in this <laughs> at this stage as long as we keep them out at the other end I, I just want a win and just, yeah. um, hoof. no not hoofball but <laughs> we don't really have the have the squad for that to be fair he hasn't assembled this squad to play that sort of horrible football any team with their left wing back as their top scorer you know what kind of football they're trying to play yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and uh yeah, we haven't got a big striker who's gonna win headers all day. There's someone at Western Supermare, I've heard is doing all that.
5: <laughs> Hanging them in, yeah. All we need to do is go down two levels and we're away, aren't we?
2: <laughs> yeah. Two levels, not just one.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, twice, double relegation. But
2: again. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. it never be over. <laughs>
5: Um, Ian Watmore asks, and this probably comes to the wrong place with this question, Ian. But, uh, with all the doom and gloom around the club at the moment, <laughs> that's a spirit. Um, Ian is
2: a regular as well, he must he know is, what he's getting into. <laughs>
5: yeah, is there any good news about YTFC this
2: week? This week, this week, have you we got have- a community sports? Trust update you can well, give us.
5: <laughs> there is, uh, you know, there are some, there's some, the community sports have continued to do, uh, continue to do great things. And you sound uh, like Liz
2: Trust sometimes. You've just got a line <laughs> that you toe yeah, that line. No, keep, yeah, keep, keep,
5: keep going out. Well, I saw uh, that they'd. Um, They'd uh, done a very good job of uh, redecorating one of. We know what those uh, port cabins at the club can be a bit like. They can be a bit of a grim location, but the community sports Trust did deck out a uh, one of the port cabins as a uh, birthday party venue, which um, looked pretty good to me. I mean, my birthday's cool. a few months away, yeah, but mine's up. there you go. We'll get it booked. Yeah, they've got like uh, I don't know some kind of gaming console there as well, and there's um Tom
2: green and white. Yeah, Tom oh. Knowles isn't there anymore, so I don't want my party there. No? Yeah, Tom Tom th- Knowles, if Tom Knowles isn't coming, what's the point in having a party there? <laughs> oh,
5: dear, right, okay. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to have a word of him, see if they can get Tom Knowles back, especially for uh, for your birthday. How about that? Okay. Yeah? That would be yeah. some positive news. That, <laughs> that, that, would, that, that would be positive <laughs> news, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, the, the, the news about uh, the Fanto, is that not good news? That sounds like something, anyway, doesn't it? Something that
2: can't be like, bad news. Yeah, no, no. no. It sounds. I mean, and it sounds like it could be good news.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: it yeah. seems like there's there might be a couple of factors in the way of it happening, but you know, the covenants are lifted. That the the opportunity is there now. There you go. The so, uh, the
4: the youth team are five nil up against Bovey Tracy in oh. the. Uh, FA Youth Cup. That's some good news. Yeah. Yeah. Poor old Tracy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um today. So Olivia Olbert has played did he come on? Came on in the second half for Gloucester. That's good news. <laughs>
5: Ollie Haste is uh, racking up
2: minutes. Racking our up minutes
5: says. for yeah, for um uh for Truro. So no sign of Toby Stevens there though. So yeah. So we got kind of good news for you there, Ian. How about that? That That's that's, that's good for us, I'd say. <laughs> By our okay. standards. By our standards. Okay, so one more question, and it's our very good friend, Robin Batchelor. Um, what are the best crisps to go in a crisp sandwich? And typically of Robin, who's becoming the new Andy Cleave, he then goes on to answer the question himself and says, personally, you can't look past
2: Walker's cheese and onion. I've got no arguments. With I was him. going to say
4: exactly that. To be fair,
5: Walker's cheese and onion.
4: Yeah, I don't think you want to go too crazy if you if it's in a sandwich. Like you don't want my like, monster munch or something. So, <laughs> something so do you know
5: do you know what I was going to say? Oh no. <laughs> well, and and I haven't had a look. Clam- I
2: made earlier.
5: Like. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a crisp sandwich since I was a student, which is a is a sad long time again. But uh, pickled onion
2: monster munch <laughs> in. Between two pieces of white bread, just try it. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes you can put a crisp in a sandwich that it like takes away from the crisp. Do you know what I mean? If you put like a Doritos chili heat wave, oh, yeah. in, it's, a in, a in bread, it's a waste of yeah, a Doritos. It's a waste of a Doritos, isn't it? I'm
4: fully with you there. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't actually, it might be boring, but I don't mind ready salted in a just to add yeah. that bit of crunch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you need yeah. a bit of crunch in your bread. Like. <laughs> You sleep yeah. the bread out. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Ben's thinking at the moment. Um, <laughs> ben,
5: Ben's in the uh, taking his good lady wife out for dinner. It's her birthday, isn't
2: it? <laughs> for a crisp sandwich.
5: Yeah. Do you reckon he has? What kind of crisps do you reckon he's got? Uh?
2: He's doing something... crisp sandwich. Just <laughs> <laughs> say do something heinous like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um,
2: we did miss a question on the last one, which I think is a one we should try and answer on this episode um chris giddings at what point did the season start to go downhill and why was it the moment we decided to approve a home shirt with a slightly different shade of green on the stripes versus the sleeves well i I, i'm pointing at it i've got it i've got it (laughs) hung up behind
5: me now but um but yeah it is a slightly different shade of green and i'm sure there is some i was this is where ben would come in useful as well is there some design reason for that
2: do you think or it just jumped nobody noticed. <laughs> I think if you tell people enough times that it's the same shade of green, people will <laughs> believe you. Yeah.
5: So is yeah, he yeah. asking what point did the season go downhill
2: this season? No, his question is he's saying that the, the point of the season that it started to go downhill was the moment we decided to Oh, have I see. Up. I was gonna say it was never really up anywhere to go downhill. So. Yeah, nice. it's pretty flat. Yeah. <laughs> field isn't it that's the that's the other thing i've noted that chris hargreaves says he doesn't call it the training pitch they're on the field, on the field. so do you the, think that might be the, the reason wreck. as to why we've <laughs> <laughs> he's got them um, in the farmland like
5: yeah out in a plowed and a plowed field yeah you in can't if, if they're
2: on that 3g you can't
4: call that a field that's <laughs> <laughs> so very, very much that not field. a field
2: <laughs> i know what i was going to say earlier and then you carried on talking on. um He said how they're doing double sessions, didn't he? They're doing double set. They've done double sessions this week. Do you think a footballer's double session is just like a normal day at work for you and me? Like the morning, lunch in the middle, the afternoon—that's a double session. I I do double sessions five days a week. (laughs) (laughs) Stick you up front then. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You can midfield. I'll have a go. You can be our
5: ball-winning uh, midfield player or the, the, the one that we lump it upfield to.
2: You I can be our it. new
5: Ruben Reed, Ian.
2: I think we need a bit of height. I think we need Marcus up top. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, I have have recently joined a Sunday league
4: team in the, the heart of midfield, and since we since I've joined, 100% record. So uh, wow. if you're listening, Chris, then uh, sign me up. <laughs> I, I will get booked. I've got what? the oval spirit in me. Have you, have you been booked? <laughs> Yeah, a bit of a bit of a fee goes into the yeah I was going to say the pot for fine, um, isn't it? Yeah, it goes into the pot for the the social, the Christmas, the Christmas social. So, uh, and what type
2: of midfielder are you, Marcus?
4: If Chris is listening, uh, a very lazy one uh, <laughs> who works their socks off. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about it.
2: Uh, <laughs> there you go. He's pitched. <laughs> he's he's made his pitch.
1: There See
5: you on go. Saturday, yeah. he, he, can, he, can, he can do the post match interviews as well with that uh vocab.
2: <laughs> yeah, i will have to tell the BBC can't can't do the commentaries because he plays for Town now. <laughs> he will
5: be turning out from yeah.
2: Well, don't think there's much more to say and other than have a safe journey to South End, Dave. You on yeah, the train?
5: I, I am driving and I will actually be in the uh nation's fair capital when I speak to you on Sunday. So uh, I will be live and exclusive from London.
2: Exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one else will have you, Dave. No, only,
5: exactly. only the Glover's cast. I only work for you. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Thanks for joining us, Marcus. That's right. Thanks for having me on. We'll That's see you, you next time. time.
3: And with a quick turn, the skipper Alex Dox slams it in. There's Lindegaard
4: making Forrest back pedal.
1: Acast anbefaler.
5: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Og for mig sidder Roald Bergman. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være
2: super alvorligt.
0: Vi er skidetræt alle de der podcast, og forklarer meget
2: nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulige ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af.
0: Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.